Pro Talk with ProTech, digging deep to learn the stories, lessons, and accomplishments of experts in the real estate industry. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today, we get to meet top real estate agent Shireen Monier with Compass Real Estate. It's so nice to see you, Shireen. How are you today? I am good, Lexi. Great to see you. It's been a while. It has. You as well. Uh, so to get things started, wanted to hear a little bit about you. Um, how did you end up being a real estate agent? How long have you been doing this? And you know, kind of how did you end up where you're at now? That's an interesting story. So um, originally, I am an interior designer. Okay. I was an interior designer for quite some time. Um, and then uh, the economy hit us so hard. So I was trying to see, okay, where can I utilize my expertise in design and yet do something else? So I started out as an investor. And then finally, I'm like, okay, maybe it's time to switch and study again, which not my favorite part, <laughs> but I managed to do that and got my license first in DC and then Virginia and then Maryland. So that's how I normally, you know, switched. Yeah. Wasn't an easy switch, it never is, but you know, it's an exciting switch. And yeah. I've been doing that for the past eight years. I kept my design business for a couple of years and it was getting to be too crazy for me. And I had to choose, do I want to do design or do I want to do real estate? And finally, I'm like, okay, real estate full time. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, you know, real estate is in a lot of ways design. I'm sure it's probably fun for you to one help list house because because you can kind of help them design to make it presentable. But also, when people are buying houses, you can sort of help them with that visionary in the home. Exactly, especially that what I did, I did uh, design build. So for me, it was about renovation, kitchens, bathrooms. You know, mm -hmm. take out that wall. We don't like it. Let's open up the space. So um, I can basically walk in and tell them, okay, this is what you can do. Of course, you have to make sure it's not a retaining wall, uh, you know, just to make sure to give them the heads up of what they can and cannot do. So it's, it's always exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always, I always felt like interior design in, in general, whether it's the shows and all the, the fancy stuff or even just something like that, like taking a house and just kind of flipping it upside down. Um, how did you end up getting into interior designing and how long did you kind of have your own business prior to being in real estate? Um, so it's again, another fun story. Um, my, both of my grandfathers were architects. My father was an architect. My brother is an architect. So I grew up in the business more or less, um, memories of me growing up. My father would bring the plans, show it to us and tell us, okay, do you think this is functional when you're living in the home? My mom always had those inputs. Oh, you, the kitchen is too far from whatever, the dining room. You need to switch that. You need to do this. So um, it was part of parcel of me growing up. My father took us to the sites with him sometimes. So it was part of how I grew up. And um, eventually I'm like, okay, not time to switch careers. I went back to school, got my master's in interior design got my licenses and I was doing that for probably about 15 years. 
Mm. Um, owned my business for 10 years and then shut down everything and real estate it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So it's been sort of in your, in your blood for as long as you've been alive. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what neighborhoods, I know you mentioned DC and then Virginia and then Maryland. So all three jurisdictions, but what neighborhoods or areas do you typically find yourself most frequently working in? Uh, mostly it's uh, either Upper Northwest DC or Capitol Hill. These are basically where my clients gravitate towards. And then I go um, into Montgomery County and then into Arlington and Alexandria. Most of my clients are basically within those parameters. Every now and then, like I sold a place in Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about Fredericksburg. And I told my client, I have no clue, but we started out <laughs> in Alexandria. So I'm like, okay, as long as I gave you the heads up, I, I will help you. But I don't know that much about the neighborhood. Luckily, it was just a new construction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it depends on the client and it depends on, you know, as long as I explain, I'm not really familiar with the neighborhood. If you like somebody else to help you with that, I'm more than happy to introduce you to someone who's more familiar with the neighborhood because it's not where I normally sell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think being upfront about that is important too. Um, So for a little bit of a fun question now, what would you say the craziest thing that you've ever seen in a home has been? Luckily, I have not really come (laughs) across crazy stuff. So (laughs) I have been lucky about that. You know, it's always the fun stuff that you walk in. You walk in and you find like, uh, someone put in like a stuffed parrot in, in the middle of an open house. Why would you do that in the in your living room? You know, it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's more about like structural issues. Um, a client of mine found um, during the inspection, the roof was going to cave in basically. Mm. And it's a flip. They redid everything inside, looks great. And then the roof, like two layers of roof and they need to replace the roof, stuff like that. But nothing really eerie or thankfully Mm -hmm. uh, crazy that I get scared. So so far I've been lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Those crazy kind of structural things, inspection finds, those are always interesting. Yes. Um, Okay. So getting sort of now into the process a little bit about, you know, buying a home, selling a home. If I'm looking to purchase a home, what would you say the most important thing that I need to know would be? Uh. When you're starting out, very important, you need to find out what your budget is. Talk to a lender. That's very important because you need to be comfortable with your budget. Second, narrow down your neighborhood. It's very important. Uh, Drive by the neighborhood. See if this is where you want to live or not. So get to know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with or if it's convenient for you or not. And then finally, once you find the home, Um, make sure, uh, for example, the major elements. A lot of people get deceived by the look of the home on the inside and they forget that, okay, it's very expensive to replace windows. It's very expensive to replace the roof. Uh, Are there any foundation issues? So inspection comes in because that's very important to find out what the major elements of the house is. Anything cosmetic you can actually do over time, Mm -hmm. but anything structural, it's a red flag. So um, make sure that you're looking at the elements or the major elements of the house and look beyond the cosmetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, your, your story that you just had mentioned, it was a complete flip. And so everything was probably brand new and beautiful and very catchy to the, to the home buyer. And then come to find out the roof is 
is in horrible condition and needs replacement. And that can be really expensive. So it's, exactly. that's important. Especially for a first time home buyer, mm-hmm. that's one of the most expensive things. And, you know, as a first time home buyer, you don't have that kind of reserves in order for you to say, okay, I'm going to replace it later on. And that was the case with my client. We got it replaced by the seller, but it was a fight, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is, but you know, most important, you get it done or you can walk away. Right. Yeah. Know, know what you're buying. That's definitely important. You just don't know what, what you're going to get. Um, how about on the flip side of that, if I'm looking to sell my home, what would you say the most important thing that I need to prepare for would be? Um, I'm going to say the other way because (laughs) right now we're going to take a look at, um, presenting the home to the future purchaser. The purchaser Mm -hmm. has to fall in love with the home. How can I make him fall in love with the home is prepping the home. Basically all clutter out of the way, uh, staging the house. Uh, If most stagers nowadays, especially after COVID will not stage occupied homes. So it's because of COVID and whatnot. So people are a little bit more scared. So if you're living in the home, what I normally do, I go in with my interior design skills and start prepping the home to make it look to what it needs to be so that when it photographs, it photographs as if it's staged. If the house is not occupied, then definitely I hire a stager to come in and do the work because that definitely gives the first impression. And I always tell my sellers, remember, nobody lives that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's uh, it's unrealistic to expect to live that way. But we have to present it that way because that gives um, the emotional connection between the buyer and the home. So it makes a huge difference once you do that. So that's very important. The other thing is if you know that there is an issue with the house, just be upfront about it because you need to basically disclose it. And that way you're telling the buyer, hey, there is this issue. So please either take it or not. That way you're upfront about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting how it's sort of the opposite in the sense of the cosmetic things when you're buying a home, it is important. And you do, you know, that obviously is what makes you fall in love with the house, but to be aware of that, there could be more. And then on the flip side, when you're selling your house, you want to make things more cosmetically appealing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's always confusing, you know what yeah. I mean? But I mean, it's the, it's the market and it's the perception of the buyer and you're trying to appeal to as many buyers as you can. And to appeal to those buyers, you have to present it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. You can't help it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk to me a little bit about what the current market is like and how do I know sort of when the best time to buy or sell is? So it's always a good time to buy or sell. Mm-hmm. There's not a better time or not because there are buyers that are looking in the winter time, which is our slower time. You have less inventory, but you still have buyers that are looking and then of course the spring it's much more competitive so you get more of the multiple offer situations um currently the market is very dry so there is not enough inventory and i was talking to one of my lenders recently and he pointed something out which was really interesting he was telling me that the um uh, millennials are basically are already to buy and they don't have a home to sell 
Mm -hmm. So we have more buyers than we have homes to sell on the market. That's mm -hmm. one of the factors. So he was talking to me about the real estate bubble and he's like, he doesn't think that the real estate bubble is going to be there and home prices will basically keep on increasing one because of the low interest rates and two, because of the fact that we have more buyers that don't own a house to sell at this point that is making the inventory crunch that we have right now. Hmm. That's a really interesting and makes a lot of sense point. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, that makes sense yeah. to me now. <laughs> yeah, you have to wonder, you know, how are there so many buyers right now and, and not that many sellers, like, you know, record breaking low inventory. And it makes sense now that there's like a whole group of people that are looking to buy that don't have anything to sell. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing. It's just like, when you look at the inventory that we have, I know COVID has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. And one of the issues that we have, people who want to downsize, for example, okay, I'm going to sell my home. Where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. There is nowhere for me to go. So I'm staying put. But then I have those people who are currently renting and they want to buy because one, one buy. advantage of the interest rates and they want a bigger place. They want the backyard and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And there is not enough inventory to service these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people too, probably that want to sell, but aren't sure where to go because they know that it's not like an easy, let me just go find a house and I get it. And now you're in that middle ground of selling, but not being able to buy. Exactly. Exactly. It's such complicated. It's very complicated. <laughs> we're hoping it will open up, uh, you know, but it doesn't look like we're going to go anywhere close to what we used to have when it comes to inventory. Hmm. Interesting. So as far as the, the, when the best time to buy or sell is, it really just depends on you and your situation. If you're, you know, it's always, I think in real estate, a good time to, to buy or sell because the demand is there. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, and like I said, I mean, there are always buyers who are looking in the winter, you never know new jobs, uh, taking advantage of the fact that, okay, time for us to just move on from where we are and the interest rates are low. And everybody, or most of the buyers right now are actually trying to take advantage of the interest rates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. They're really good. <laughs> they are. <laughs> uh, but so with all of these sort of moving pieces in real estate, what would you say your favorite thing about this industry is and about what you do is? I think of my job as a, a, it's a puzzle and I'm trying to solve this puzzle. Um, there are always roadblocks. There are always issues. It's a matter of like, don't panic, just take care of the issue and try to solve it. So how my brain works is like, okay, I need to solve it. So like in interior design, when you're working, you're also trying to solve an issue to basically the, um, either workflow or either movement in the place. So you're always trying to solve that issue. So that's what attracted me to real estate. Mm -hmm. It's always trying to uh, solve the issue, whether to find the right house, whether to find the right location at the right price or whether, okay, there is an issue with the house. What do we need to do? So there's always a problem that you're trying to solve. And that's what I attracts me to real estate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always something different to, to be working on. And like you said, roadblocks and things to sort of challenge you. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Um, let's talk about a really challenging time for you and how you overcame it. And this could be professionally or even personally. Um, 
I, I guess um, three years ago, I lost my father and I literally had to stop everything. Um, he was in the hospital in and out for a couple of months and I just basically stopped everything. I, I mean, I couldn't work, I, could, I had to be there with him. And it was, it was tough, but um, I, I found the solution basically was to, I think a, a, a week after he passed away, I just went back to work and that helped me to heal and um, um, get me back on track. Mm -hmm. So that, that I, I was thankful for real estate because of that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're, you know, the flexibility in what you do allows you, you know, unfortunately in hard times like that, but be able to stop if you need to stop and, and take the break and take the time with your family when needed. Exactly. Exactly. That, that was really, um, I, I'm really thankful for that, that I'm able to like, okay, stop everything, put everybody on hold. And I told everybody, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just going through a hard time and explained everything and uh, basically uh, everybody understood what I was going through. So, mm -hmm. and I had some of my colleagues who helped me out where I was, you know, if I had a client who needed to see something, um, they did help me out with that. But other than that, I just didn't try even to do anything. And when he passed away, I uh, took care of everything and then mm -hmm. just, you know, slowly, Got back myself in, in work and that helped me to heal a lot. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure the distraction, but also getting back to doing what it is that you love, you know, is, is healing in a lot of ways. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say your biggest life achievement has been? Something that you're really proud of or passionate about? Mm, my work. <laughs> <laughs> Should be, yeah. Definitely my work. Yeah. I, I, I always joke to when I talk to people, I'm like, my hobby is working. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing, though. <laughs> it means you love what you do. <laughs> I love what I do. And work has uh, been like my biggest achievement. I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, tell me something that most people don't know about you. Any hobbies or fun facts? Uh, hobbies. Um, reading is one of my hobbies, of course. Going to good restaurants, love good food. Uh, walking my dogs is basically one of my uh, fun time. It's my alone time. I take them out and basically we go out on a long walk and it sort of refreshes me, calms me down. Um, what else? What they don't know about me. I lived in India for three and a half years. Okay. A long time ago. Um, what took you to India? Um, it was my uh, husband at the time. He worked there. Okay. And um, I just decided to move. <laughs> so I moved there with him for uh, three and a half years. Um, different parts of India, which was a, a great experience. I was very young at the time. So for me, it was uh, exciting and, you know, different lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and I know you mentioned reading. So what books are you currently reading? Are you listening to any podcasts or how do you generally like to gain new knowledge? Um, listening to books, 
because I don't have time to read in person, even <laughs> though I'm a big reader, or I used to be a big reader, but I don't have time to read anymore. So I listen while I'm walking the dogs, which is awesome. Um, so, and most of the times, like on normal times, I actually go and attend um, seminars and uh, conferences throughout the year. I normally plan about three times a year that I'm away and basically go to those conferences. Since COVID, we've been doing everything online. So here I am, I do everything online nowadays. Um, Think and Grow Rich is what I'm basically uh, reading or listening to right now. And I just ordered a new book, which is You Are a Badass. So can't wait for it to come in and hopefully read it before going to bed. That is so funny. So I have to tell you, I literally finished Think and Grow Rich last night. Oh my God. And my coworker just started You Are a Badass. And so I ordered that on Audible. Oh my God. <laughs> so weird. I swear. Last night. <laughs> Too funny. Stars aligning. <laughs> I know. And I actually use Audible because it's so convenient. I just so convenient. And I'm like, I have my headphones on and I'm talking the dogs and I'm just listening to it. It's yep. amazing. <laughs> Get things done. <laughs> They're your dogs either like, take me for a walk. <laughs> no, 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 they, they see a squirrel outside and they're like, okay. I'm Time like, to go get it. I'm like, okay, you need to stop. <laughs> um, all right. So where do you see yourself in the next five years? Uh, it's a very interesting question because <laughs> I keep on trying to, you know, imagine where I would be in five years. I mean, I know that I'm be, I'll be definitely growing my business and basically um, looking at growing my team. Uh, that's for sure. But hopefully in between having something to go by the beach and just relax when things get stressful. Mm-hmm. So, but definitely work-wise is growing my business and basically growing the team. Yeah. And you want like a vacation home that you can go visit? Uh, probably where it is. That's the big question. Yeah. I love the beach. So I grew up around the beach. I grew up in Egypt and Alexandria and the beach was always part of my life. And now of course I live in DC and I've lived in DC for 20 something years and I don't see the beach. So to yeah. me, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah. You, you need that vacation home to go visit. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Let's say that I'm your next prospective client. Why should I call you? Um, so one of the biggest compliments that I always get in the reviews from, from my clients basically is that I'm always available. They never know whether I really, um, how many clients I'm juggling, but I'm always there. And no matter what price point they are on, they always feel like they are the only clients that I'm working with. So it's the attention that I give my clients. I basically am there. I try to make the transaction as smooth as possible so that it's not stressful on them. And it's, um, it's the relationship that you build with your client. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing for me. It's not just about the transaction it's about taking care of them. Yeah. And that level of comfort is important in a time like that. It's very, very stressful and it's nice. I'm sure to have someone to always be able to, you know, ask whatever question at any time. Exactly. And I always end up my call with them. You have any questions, even after we close, I am here, no matter what it is, I am definitely here for you guys. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the question is. 
Yeah. Perfect. And uh, tell us how we can best reach you. Phone number, email, are you on social media or what's the best way to reach out? So of course my cell, it's always there. It's always by my side. It's attached to me. And that is 202-536-4043. My email is shireen at smdg-llc.com. And social media, I am on um, Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram handle is uh, Shireen Monier Real Estate. Um, sorry, uh, Instagram is Shireen Monier Group. Facebook is Shireen Monier Real Estate. And YouTube is Shireen Monier Group. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shireen. I really appreciated you taking the time to talk with me. Thank you, Lexi. It was a great talking to you and great seeing you. You as well. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow ProTech Inspection Services on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.